Dennis Healing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. There's a few scriptures that's troublesome because of the necessity of forsaking all that a person had. Jesus said in the word of God, Except a man forsaketh all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Paul stated the same thing and said, I've suffered the loss of all things and do count the dumb. Refuge, nothing, that I might win Christ, having not mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but the righteousness of God by faith. That faith there worketh by love, that we love God, that we do his commandments, which are not grievous. But we also know that there are some commands in the word of God that seem very hard to receive. And for that reason, many overlook it and refuse to state it to the congregations. Such a thing is in Matthew and Mark, Luke, especially Luke 12. As we take a look at Luke 12, Jesus said some startling things. He said that this ground of a rich man brought forth plentifully. We see it also uh, there about the love of money is the root of all evil, as Paul spoke to Timothy. And they that will be rich fall into many hurtful and deceitful lusts, being pierced through with many sorrows. And Jesus stated there in Luke 12, and he said, Take heed and beware of covetousness, which I had not known idolatry, except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. Covetousness is the desire for the things of this world, coveting. And the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and the lust of the flesh, and the world passes away with the lust thereof, but whosoever doeth the will of God shall abide forever. But if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And we're going to see that Many have erred thinking that gain is godliness and a perverseness. And from such, withdraw yourself. Don't have anything to do with that. But one of the most astounding things that Jesus stated to all, to all followers, is in Luke 12, and he talked about the grounds of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And God had blessed him. Then he says, and this is Luke 12, verse 17, And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. He is increasing with goods in his business. And he's thinking, How shall I take care of this? Uh, it's, it's expanding more. And I cannot contain it all. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. Not just one barn, many barns. Very successful. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. This is Laodicea. I'm increased with goods, clothed, fed, I have need of nothing. And God states, Knowest thou not your poor, wretched, naked, blind, and destitute? I counsel of thee to buy me gold tried in the fire. All that the Lord loves, he chastens. That's a chastening rod of God, which the rod and the staff comforteth, yes, 
but it's also how he leads the sheep that we will not be condemned with the world in chastening. And no chastening for the present time seemeth to be joyous, but afterward yields the peaceable fruits of righteousness. That's the revelation of Jesus. As we go on, he says, well, he's going to pull down his barns and build greater. That's a good businessman. He's expanding his business. He had lied, cheated. It's not that he has done ought to his brother. But then after he does that, pull down his barns, he builds greater to bestow all of his fruits and all of his goods. Then he will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Excess. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. That's where in Zechariah 5, we have a talent of lead of an ephah. An ephah, there is this excess. That omer, you take an omer, one-tenth of an ephah, for the manna that would be rained down from heaven, which is sufficient. But an ephah's excess. It's overabundance. It's ten times that of an omer, which is the manna that we should eat. And we find here, he said, that is much goods, same as Laodicea, increase with goods. I have need of nothing. Eat, drink, and be merry. That has much good stored up for many years. But then God said to him, thou fool, fool, he's blessed of God, it looks like, increase with worldly wealth. Has a good portfolio, stocks, bonds, mutual funds. Seems like he's doing very well. Thou fool, this night, thy soul shall be required of thee. You've lost your soul. Then who shall those things be of which thou hast provided? Then he goes on and says, So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Now that is a profound statement. We find in 1 Timothy that uh, those are told by Paul to young Timothy, for the love of money is the root of all evil, not money in itself. Money's neither good nor evil. It's a concrete thing, it's paper. But it has an abstract uh, quality to it in that how we use it determines uh, the will of the volition of that individual person or believer. And he states there in 1 Timothy 6, and he says, uh, this doctrine that you preach should be according to godliness. That's the God life. That is the leading of uh, the Holy Ghost in the individual believer in an obedience unto righteousness, which yields the peaceful fruits of holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. And if any man teach anything otherwise, that you have to grow from faith to faith, from glory to glory, growing up into Jesus in all things, in the perfect measure, stature of Jesus Christ unto a perfect man, so that you can be presented blameless at the coming of the Lord, both spirit, soul, and body, if he preaches anything otherwise than that, and consists not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, doing the will of God, 
working out our own salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God that worketh in us both the will and to do of his good pleasure. It tells us this man is proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strifes of words, contending with the word of God, justifying himself. Whereof cometh envy, envying one another, strive, striving amongst the brethren, which is a carnal mind, railings, railing on one another, evil surmisings, thinking evil thoughts against the people in the body of Christ, the believers, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth. They have no truth. They're thinking that gain is godliness. They're destitute of the truth. They have no truth. And it says they suppose, their doctrine is, they suppose that gain and money that stock portfolios, bonds, mutual funds, and such the like, is uh, godliness. That that if God loves you and you're in the will of God, that you will have plenty of money. From such, withdraw yourself. But godliness with contentment is great gain. But anyone that thinks that gain is godliness is perverse in the truth is destitute, has no truth at all. So if we in America have gone after a prosperity gospel, we're destitute of the truth that growing up into Jesus and all things and the perfection. That seems totally, and we're told, is totally unattainable. You can't do that. Well, nobody in the flesh can ever be perfect on this side of glory and simply disperse it as untruth, unattainable, not God. But God said, I'm working in you, both the willing to do, to bring you into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus Christ that is within you. And Paul goes on and says, we brought nothing into this world. It is certain that we can carry nothing out. And he goes on. And having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. But they that will be rich, the money gain, and that paradigm of money, that we think is godliness. Those that will be rich fall into temptations and a snare. A snare. Somebody says, well, I think I need money to get out of the situation I'm in. Not realizing it's God that will never leave you nor forsake you, and you have clothing and raiment and whatever you're blessed. Causing the poor of this world to be rich in faith. And those that do will be rich fall into many foolish and hurtful lust. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh brings many hurtful lusts and never can be satisfied as a grave that can never be satisfied. The waters that run into the sea, yet the sea's not full. It is the more money they make, the more they want, the more the desire and the more the lust of it is unobtainable and never satisfied in the peace of God. It drowns men in destruction and perdition. And he says the bottom line, for the love of money, not money, money itself, 
not good or bad. It's how you use it. It shows the condition of the heart and the spirit where your heart is. For the love of money is the root. That's the root cause of all evil. Notice he says, while which some coveted after wanting this money, they have erred from the faith. They moved from the faith of God. This cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. And therefore they're strangled in the inner man and die. And they pierce themselves through with many sorrows. Now this is not sorrow birth pains to bring forth Christ in you. This is self-inflicted pain and many hurtful lust, deceitful, thinking it's God and it's not. But he says, but thou, O man of God, flee these things. Do not get caught up into this, but follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Strive for the fruit of the Spirit. Add to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, the God life. And then the godliness, add to it brotherly kindness and charity, which will cover a multitude of sins, which is a bond of perfectness. And these things being you, there's no cause of failing. When we see that we find the rich man that did not listen to this. And there's wars and rumors of wars. You lust. Why are there wars and rumors of wars? Why do men fight and kill? The final battle will be blood that runs even to the horse's bridle. And we find that they... The reason for the wars is you lust and you have not. These are many hurtful lusts. You kill and you desire to have and you can obtain. You can't obtain it. You fight and war and you have not because you ask not. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss. You're doing it for your own self glorification. You're not rich toward uh, God. You're rich towards self. And the more it's blessed to give than to receive. But we want to receive, give you, give you hurtful lust. And that is greed, envy, strife, hate, malice. This is a carnal mind and those that are carnally minded, to be carnally minded is death. Even though they have the Holy Ghost. Whosoever you yield your members of service to obey him or the servants to whom you obey whether of sin unto death, for well, the wages of sin is death. That's what you get. What's a wage? Well, if you work, you, work, you get a wage. The wages of sin, death. Or of obedience unto righteousness, which then will yield the peaceable fruits of holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. And it talks about the world. Any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. The lust of the eyes, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, and the world passed away with the lust thereof, but whosoever doeth the will of God shall abide forever. Said you adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity or an enemy with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Now that can't be any plainer 
you can have God and the world and the lust of the world also. You'll either hold the one, despise the other, love the one, and hate the other. You cannot serve God and mammon or money. There it says, do you think the scripture says in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? But God gives more grace wherever he said, God resisteth the proud. He gives grace unto the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves before the mighty God. Draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh to you. Resist the devil, he'll flee from you. When he talks about the final state of the rich man, now we have a richer young ruler we're going to see that's going to come to Jesus. And he's going to ask Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Call him good master. What must I do to inherit eternal life? He said, but what callest thou me good? There's none good but one, that is God. Jesus is in the days of his flesh in a humble state. One of us. So he says the only, thing, the only one that is good is God, God alone. But if you'll enter into life, keep the commandments. And of course, he said, all these I've kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? He's certain by keeping of the law that he is well equipped there to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus said, one thing thou lackest. If you will be perfect. And Jesus loved him. It was not done in any contemptible manner. Jesus loved him. And said, if you will enter into life. And if you will be perfect. Come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Forsake the world. Forsake all that he hath. You can be my disciple. He has a chance to walk with the Lord. Be a disciple of Jesus, disciplined in the things of God. One thing thou lackest. If you will be perfect, sell that you have. And give to the poor. The poor in spirit give all. And go pick up your cross. Not my cross, your cross. So you can... Literally crucify your flesh with the affections of the less and do the will of God and follow me. He has a chance to be a disciple of Jesus. But the man went away sorrowfully for he had much riches. This was a hard thing for him. He didn't give it up. And somebody said, well, that's for him. That's one thing that he needed. But we find in Luke 12, that's for everyone that is called to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we find the last in the state of the rich men. They're rich toward themselves. They did not. We know the rich man and Lazarus. We know what happened to him. And we see in James 5, what happens to the rich man? Weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. You live deliciously now in the judgment because you had you shut up your bowels of compassions. Now, it will be you will be tormented. Your riches are corrupted. Your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver is cankered. Cankers your own flesh. And the rust, the rust of them shall be a witness against you, the rust of the silver and the gold, and shall eat your flesh as it were with fire. Eat your flesh, yes, your very riches. You have heaped treasure together for the last days the final consummation of all things, and the due reward is there. It's more blessed to give than to receive. If you live toward self and for self, 
that night of judgment, thou so shalt they require of thee. He says, Behold, the hire of the laborers who've reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud. You lied to them. You cheated. You didn't give them the wages. They cry to the Lord, and the cries of them which have reaped are entered to the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts. You've lived in pleasure. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. You were rich toward self and not rich toward God. You say, well, that's fine. I only give God 10% and the 90% is mine. And that tithe, friend, in the New Testament is not there. It says sell that you have. Not a tithe. Yeah, it says in the, in the Old Testament, yes, Malachi, bring you the tithes and offerings into the storehouse. Prove me now here with saith the Lord of hosts. But in the New Testament, Jesus requires all. Somebody said, that's a hard thing. No, it's not, because he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these other things will be added unto you. Added? Yes, the Lord knows you have need of these things. Some of us said, well, if I sell out, what am I going to do? I have a wife, children. I have many children. I have a responsibility. How can I live? How can I provide for those that love me? If I don't provide for those in my own household, I've denied the faith and I'm worse than an infidel. But the promise of God says you sell then you. From that point on, whatever you have in God, he literally distributes to you as you have need and blesses you not only with a blessing, but a only hundredfold blessing in the word of God is of them that have forsaken all, sold all, and gave up all. Only hundredfold blessing listed in the word of God is there. Well, we find that the ones that lived in pleasure on the earth are now have been wanton. They have lived a wanton lifestyle. You have nourished your hearts as in a day of slaughter. You've condemned and killed the just. The just live by faith. But you killed that, laughed at it, scorned it. How stupid can they be? And he says, and the people of God didn't resist you. They didn't come against you. They turned the other cheek. Well, we find over here. Let's take a look at Mark. And we find in Mark, the 10th chapter, where Jesus talks about the little children to come unto him. And then he said to the ones over there, just as he did in Luke 12, spell that you have. The same thing we see, the rich man, the rich young ruler comes to Jesus. And he says, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Gave their commandments. He said, what are those? Well, he said, do not commit adultery. Do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness. Defraud not, honor your father and your mother. And he said, I, Master, all these I've observed from my youth. I've done all these things. Jesus, beholding him, loved him. This is the love of God. And said to him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. Now, that is the key. Treasure in the heaven. In Matthew's account of it, 
In Matthew 19, 21, Jesus said to him, If thou wilt be perfect, that is, to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ, and literally, where nothing of the flesh there is hindering you, in the kingdom of God, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, you will be perfect. Body, soul, and spirit, go sell that you have, give to the poor, thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. He went away sorrowful because he had many possessions. Well, what is it? Is it something there that is really required of us? Take a look at Luke 12, and it's not a suggestion. It's a commandment. Now, I've written a book called Sold Out, and why the love of God requires that, that a man, except he forsaketh all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple, because the cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, that lust of the flesh, the worldly cares there, he divests himself of all of it. Some say, well, how does he live? He lives by faith. And it says, take heed and beware of this covetousness. And he goes on and says in Luke 12, and he says, all these things the nations seek after, what you're going to wear, clothes, how you're going to be fed. And he says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his Righteousness, all these things shall be added to you. Watch what he says. Fear not, little flock. Don't fear it. For it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Now watch the next verse, Luke 12, 33. Not a suggestion to all that will follow the Lord Jesus and all things, forsaking all, giving up all says, sell that you have. Not a suggestion. It's not to the rich young ruler. It's to all of us. And give alms, offerings. Provide yourselves. What are you doing? You're providing yourselves bags which wax not old. They don't grow old. A treasure in the heaven that faileth not. Not a stock market going up and down, bond securities, uh, that in commodities, gold and silver, et cetera, going up and down. Not in real estate, trust, or whatever the case is. But believe in God. A treasure in the heaven that doesn't fail. Where no thief approaches, neither ru- moth corrupts. For where your treasure is, where you sent and all your affections, where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. It's to see whether we love God with all of our heart, soul, and might, or whether we love the things of the world, ourself. But rich toward self, we don't make it. So to he that is rich toward self and not rich toward God, are called a fool. This night thy soul shall be required of thee. You lost your soul. Well then, what's going to happen? From that day forward, God says, I'm going to provide for you. And you're going to seek that kingdom of God. And let's see what Jesus, uh, all the disciples forsook all. And Peter asked, what shall we have there for? We've sold off, forsook all. What shall we have there for? And uh, you take a look at Mark 10. Peter asked that question. It's a good question. And as he does, uh, the Lord responds. And he, 
he rightly says, then that regeneration. Peter said to him, that's Mark 10, uh, verse 28. Peter began to say unto him, Lo, we have left all, all the disciples left all, and have followed you. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that has left house, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children. Somebody said, well, I can't, I've got children. He says it. He's got everything covered that could possibly be a man's uh, a rejection of this truth. Or lands. Everything that a man owns. For my sake and the gospels. In other words, given alms, offerings, uh, for the work of the ministry. You did it for God. Jesus said, but he shall receive a hundredfold more now in this lifetime. A hundredfold blessing guaranteed. Houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecution. You never get out of persecution. All that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But we have to let go to let God. Then we have to find the will of God and do it. And if God is dealing with that person, they need to do it. If a person's not to that point yet, they do not. And I'll reiterate that again. They should not sell out unless they are prepared for the life of God and godliness. In obedience to all things and seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness first. If it's a ploy simply to get a hundredfold blessing, and I'm going to do this for God simply to heap treasures upon my own self, then it is totally negated. It will come up in corruptness. But if it's a true heart toward God, sell that you have and give alms, provide for yourself treasures in the heaven. For through moth and rust are not... Uh, uh, corrupting thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, that where that treasure, your perfect motive, why you're doing what you're doing, where your treasure is, there is your heart also. If you're spiritual, you set your things and affections on the things above, not on the things beneath, the things of the world. The things above are the things of faith. Faith is the substance of things, so far, the evidence of things not seen, and you set your affections on those things which are above. Now you're going into the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ unto perfection. Those that do not and hold on to the world will never see that glory. That's a hard thing. Somebody said, Brother Beard, if you don't, yes, I have. Well, somebody said, well, you have a house. And there's the boy. Jesus said, I'm going to give you houses, brethren, sisters, lands. But only for his use and his glory. Not for you again. You sold out. You have forsaken all, given up all. Except the man forsaketh all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. You've done it. And Jesus said, I'm going to give you a hundredfold more. A blessing in this lifetime, of course, in the life to come, life everlasting. But you still will have persecution. Everybody's going to have persecution regardless. You live God life. All that live God in Christ Jesus shall, shall suffer persecution. Now, there when we have Jesus, all the disciples did it. And he said, those in the regeneration. 
when that millennial reign, when he's regenerating the earth of that thousand years, you shall also set upon 12 tribes, 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel, and they will be gods, judges, little g-o-d-s, and all the ones that are in the nations during the millennial will walk in the name of their gods, judges, and we, who are the king priests in those days, will walk in the name of the Lord our God. Now that goes into a higher glory. What happens here? Well, let's take a look. All the disciples were so called, so long, followed Jesus. Said, you're going to have a hundredfold more in this lifetime, and they did. Well, what did they do in the book of Acts? Did they do that? Well, let's take a look. In Acts, the second chapter, the Holy Ghost was given. And Acts 2, verse 44, And all that believed were together and had all things common, and sold their possessions, and all their goods, and parted them to all men as every man had need. Oh. And we find also in Acts, the fourth chapter, the church, Jesus said it, the disciples sanctioned it, and the church obeyed it in Acts the second and the fourth chapter, confirming it, it is the word of God. They did not think, well, this is something I do in my heart, but I keep my houses, lands, and possessions. But in my mind, it really belongs to the Lord. No, they sold. I mean, literally forsook it. We find that in Acts, the fourth chapter, and verse 34. Neither was there any among them that lacked. For as many as were possessors of land or houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet. And distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. That's what they did in the former reign. What will happen in the latter reign? The same thing will happen except, except to a greater extent. And the glory will be higher. The glory of the latter house will be greater than that of the former. But the things that Jesus stated will come to pass and we will have to obey, not as a suggestion, but total obedience under righteousness. Those that sell, then God gives back a hundredfold blessing. That doesn't mean it's instant potatoes. When I sold out, it was two years before I entered into those blessings, far greater than anything I could conceive or believe. And I thank God for it. During that time, it was a time of testing and trial, but God's word is always true and will come to pass just as he said it would. And a hundredfold blessing, it was much more for me than a hundredfold. Well, it will be the same for you. Because after you do this, and you show that you are 100% out of the world and in the will of God, that in your whole spirit, soul, and body, in your motive, in your will, your love will be for the things above and not of the things beneath. Then you engage. It's a different level of glory. You engage this higher level, the word of God, and a hundredfold blessing. You engage it. 
And God will always perform his word because God cannot deny himself. He's magnified his word above his own name. He said a hundredfold blessing him in it. And what does it mean? It means that you and your heart and your longing for the truth of God, you've sought the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And everything that you from that day forward after you've sold out is the blessings of God and that hundredfold blessing. Houses, lands, mothers, sisters, daughters, etc. And uh, if from that point, it's God's blessing for his work, for his will. And we don't get caught up again in the lust of the flesh. We don't build again those things which we destroyed in selling out. But live unto him in righteousness unto holiness. Through obedience to the word of God. But it requires forsaking all that a man has. That's hard for some to receive. Because you have to let go to let God. We, uh, we certainly understand that. And uh, that's the reason it's hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Because of the riches. And Jesus said, how heartless are those that have riches entered to the kingdom of God? The disciples were just flabbergasted. They could, how can this be? Who then can be saved? It seemed that it was totally above all that should be asked or even uh, requested. And Jesus said, it's easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Why? Well, somebody said, well, that's camel... The Ivan needle is that gate in Jerusalem that you have to suit. No, it's not. It is a sewing needle. It's impossible with man. But Jesus said with man, it is impossible with the thing. But with God, all things are possible. So Zacchaeus, when he saw the Lord Jesus, a man of small stature, cried up in a tree, saw Jesus coming, and he said, half of my goods I sell and give to the poor. Jesus says, salvation has come to your house. It's for the heart. It's a heart thing. It's what the desires of the heart really is. And it's proved in possessions where the treasure is. If that treasure's in heaven, a man's rich toward God, not toward himself, he's fine with God. He's proving he loves God, keeping his commandments and have the testimony of Jesus in the final faith that is delivered to the saints in the revelation of Jesus Christ. The ones that heap treasures upon themselves, rich toward self and not rich toward God. Not in a tithe. A tithe is 10%, 90% going to them. They're rich toward self. You simply take a balance sheet, take a, a, a T, and put God on one side and you on the other and put down where your money goes. Your offerings, your tithes, your efforts. Not only that, but everything you do. Not only in money, but in tithe time and and seeking the will of God daily and living to him and how much is God in your thoughts how much do you live for him in righteousness and holiness well he wants to be you want it to be rich toward God and not toward yourself and the riches the treasures what a man works and trades, trades his life for in treasure money lands houses whatever the case is possession should be greater on the Lord's side than it is on personal side. If it is, he's in fine shape. He's proved and shown his love for God. If it isn't, his soul will be required of him. Now, that's not preached. I understand that. And these are some hard sayings. And of course they are. 
A man has to have faith to do that. But the ones that do it will reap the reward according to Jesus' 100-fold blessing, Mark 10. It's just that simple. It reveals the heart. Money in itself is not good or evil. It's how you use it. And the love, the lust of it, is what causes man to be thrust through with many hurtful lusts and be crusted with many sorrows. Well, there you have it. Those that are sincere and serious and say, well, where would you go? Where would you go? I have a book called Sold Out. Before any man thinks about that, then needs to ponder and make sure that he's hearing from God and the place where God was leading him to go. You don't just sell out and throw it at some place and throw it, run out and give it to some poor people on the street begging. That's not what he's talking about. It's lifting up the, the kingdom of God. So therefore, it should be entered into a prayerful uh, deed of uh, obedience unto righteousness, knowing that it is the will of God in the time in that person's life in that season to do so. And not just a novice, but knowing that you know that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that's the will of God, then do it. And then obedience, God will. If you have questions about it, I certainly have a book sold out. I request that you would get it, and it'll answer a lot of your questions, some of this personal experience that we uh, have gone through in my family. It is true. God's word cannot fail. Well, if this has been a blessing to you and you agree uh, the Holy Ghost has bore witness with your spirit, well then, we'd like to hear from you. Uh, we'd like for you to call. Well, we'd like uh, to be one with you in the work of the ministry. The country code is one plus nine zero three seven four six four eight eight five. Just simply leave a message. I'll get back to you. Or you can write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box two nine zero six, Longview, Texas, zip code seven five six zero six. Or you can message us or ask questions on the website, sailinggodspeople.org, sailinggodspeople.com, or dennisbeard.org. Now, we want to thank you for all your prayerful support and your generous offerings. There on the end of the podcast, we're going to give you an opportunity to be blessed as we have many souls reaching out for the true Jesus. Tribes in Africa has never heard the word of God. The minister said there, if we come, they will hear us. We're asking you for the help, and there you'll see it at the end of the podcast. And by doing so, you will be uh, literally wise in reaching souls in the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.